estate success series for those who don't know me my name is julie davis from agent dynamics and i have talking about dynamic i have this awesome human with me danelle wiseman um i think who's going to set a bit of a, a record in terms of um using it in the industry which we'll talk about soon but danelle it is wonderful to have you um on an episode of Women in Real Estate Success Series. Thank you, Julie. It's uh, And I don't know about, I think that you probably match the, or better than the dynamic part of it. <laughs> I think that you're an amazing person also. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, we've been trying to catch up for so long and we've talked about getting together. Um, but first of all, Danelle's one of our clients and who we just really love Um working with as well but I really wanted to get you on an episode Danelle because you've just created incredible success and particularly with the we look the last few years which we'll talk about you know that your your better homes and gardens and how you've grown exponentially within um that time and you're located in Caloundra yes yes on the Sunshine Coast on the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Queensland and um, speaking, setting records, 34 years in real estate. Yes. Tell us how that happened and how you're actually still here. Uh, well, I actually don't know what I'd do if I wasn't doing real estate. I love I it. Know, right. So, um, you know, and it's not so much the real estate, it's the people and being able to help everybody. So it's just something that, you know, I, I one of the things that I had pieces of advice I gave my both my kids when they were at school was choose a career in something that you enjoy doing and you never go to work a day in your life. And that's how I feel. I feel like I never am going to work. I, I really enjoy what I do. So, um, but I started out in real estate. Um, I moved from Sydney to, um, to Caloundra a little bit before my first marriage um, so 1988, and I was walking up and down the street trying to get a job. I was, um, you know, I don't know. This is when you were single before you got married? Uh, I moved with my, like, with my with my first husband, but before we got married. So before okay, I had yeah. mm -hmm. So I would have been 21, 22, something like that. Can't, 22, I, I can't remember um, too long yeah. ago. But anyway, um, moved up here. My grandparents lived here. So that was the attraction to the area. So moved from Sydney to up here. And um, I ended up like just grabbing my resume, door knocking the street because, the, you know, it was in the day where you didn't have internet and it was either, you know, sign on the door and add in the paper. And yeah. um, I just lucked it in um, getting into uh, one of the independent real estate brands here. It was quite a large office they had just had somebody um, resign that day and um, I ended up getting called back in and um, interviewed and so I started working holiday rentals that was my first part and so that was really you know uh, that was actually good it's very different to permanent rentals like because holiday rentals you tend to be dealing mostly with people that are really happy they're just arriving on holidays you're helping them book their holiday and you know you do have to do a little bit of the maintenance and that but it's not like 
permanent rentals where it's like the quite opposite everybody that you deal with is having a problem pretty much they're they're you know like rent's not being paid on time or there's something wrong with the property and you've got to like and they're generally much more major issues and so so I found that was actually a really good start but that gave me a really good grounding to learning all of the properties once I got into sales which was quite some years later but that's where it started basically in holiday rentals after door knocking to get a job. So coming your career path, so you went from holiday sales, what's the gap in between, was it property management and then into sales or yeah, so, what was that? Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, property management. I went, had to move back to Sydney for a couple of years and I wasn't doing real estate down there, but I moved back here um, to Caloundra, really enjoyed Caloundra, was disappointed I should never have moved back to Sydney. I, you know, I think it was that you know when you have a big move and then so and you sort of think it's all going to be like something and then you miss your family oh, I sure do. And, I sure and that's do. What, what happened we sort of moved back because it wasn't sort of what we thought and then when we moved back we thought oh god it was better oh. back up so we moved back so <laughs> so it was just yeah a learning experience and I did exactly uh, the same thing yes mm-hmm. yeah so we moved back here and um the actually the company that I was at I just had my first baby then and the company that um I used to work for in the, the independent real estate brought me back on part-time and um, still back in the holidays. Actually, no, that's where I went to work in permanent rentals. I just used to do their um, permanent rental inspections and then it sort of like grew from there. I then um, uh, set up a cleaning business in sort of part-time and then that grew. We we looked after 900 holiday units and we ended up doing, I, I had about 100 cleaners work for me. And then we, and then we, and then we looked after all the permanent rental cleaning. It sort of grew like this contracting business. So I ended up leaving real estate, as in being a real estate agent or property manager, to being a like a you know service in service industry for for rentals. Then I had my second child and um, sold the business and um, had a little bit of time off. And then sort of fell back into it. It was sort of like doing this, you know, you know how you've got to juggle things when you have children, like to kind of fit in with, you know, like to try and be a good mum and and do the whole thing. And I think that for women, all women in real estate, that is always a challenge, you know, trying to fit in, you know, husbands, um, children, trying to make sure that you can manage everything because the expectations on our time is so crazy. Um, in retrospect of that. Danelle, what would be your advice to someone who's like just maybe pulling out their hair going, how do I juggle all of this? What what, what in reflection, I know it's a learning process when we go through it, what in reflection do you think would be the, the key things in terms of managing your time with small children? I think if you're in sales um, and you have a little bit more flexibility with your time, I used to get when the kids started school at the start of the year. I used to grab the and the year's calendar, and I used to make sure I put in um, like the sports carnivals, the like all of the things that mattered to them. I made sure that they went in my diary, and I made sure that I I structured my week, my time around that, so that while sometimes I I I suppose it's in essence I I concentrated on the quality rather than it's not always the quantity. So I made sure that I could always be there for the, you know, for the for the Easter bonnet parades and, you know, all of those things that, especially when they were little, 
Um, so once they're at school, it was okay. When before they were in school, um, it was more I had a really good daycare mum because my my parents I didn't have the family network support here to look after the kids. So I and I'm not a really big fan of babysitters if I can help it I've always wanted to try and manage the kids on my own so it it was just then about having I would always try and get home on time I would do the you know dinner in the bath time and then I would do all my administration work after hours so I would always be working probably from about eight o'clock eight thirty at night at home but I would make sure that I tried very hard to be present in the time that that um you know from picking them up from school and 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 whatnot so so that but the calendar that made a big difference once I started to really um, make sure that I planned ahead a lot more and just became more organized so that I think that's some really good advice and so you know just to reframe is um, be organized mm. and look and plan in advance don't pull the note out of the school bag and it's got oh, <laughs> we've got a sports carnival tomorrow yeah. or whatever special dates and times um, within your calendar, a forward plan holidays, I would think as well, yes. um, or breaks, whatever you're going to do. Um, and most importantly is be present, right? It, it doesn't matter at what age you are. I think yeah. this is one of the biggest challenges that we have in our industry in terms of mental health yeah. is that learning to switch off and be present in whatever situation. Yeah, you have to allow yourself and give yourself permission to turn the phone off. Like, you know, there was times where, the, you know, like I just felt like I was home with the kids and but I'd be on the phone the whole time and, like, that's not good for them either, you know. So yeah. it's just about you, you've, you've got to allow yourself. So I suppose as an agent you just have to make sure you take on all exclusive listings, no, no open listings because nobody can go and sell that property once you've got it, you know. And you can then dictate to how you're going to manage that. So then I would always try and make um, my like all my inspection times were pre-booked, so that I I would just dedicate and and um, especially now if I've got some I, I actually do have most of the time somebody else is making my appointments they know when they can book those appointments in because I've blocked out time for certain things and and you've got to block the time out for the time with your family and treat it just like you would an appraisal you're not going to go and answer the phone when you're in an appraisal so don't do it when you've got your time with your family yeah, yeah. so it's so you you had a, quite a successful selling career and then you decided to to jump in the role of business owner, um, yeah. mix have that in the mix, and um, tell us about that. You had DJ properties, so you had your your own brand. Yeah, so I left a major franchise um, for to become an independent um, myself, and probably comes down to that was that was quite a challenge that that was not as easy as I expected even though I was really systemized really organized and and I thought that I had everything sort of running down pat when we opened up our our independent agency we ran okay for a while because we've been doing a lot of prospecting because I think we all know that prospecting is always the first thing that gets put to the side when we, as soon as anything changes or you get busy. For most people, I'm not going to say for everybody, but for most people, that's the thing that suffers. And so we already had like a good run of stuff when we first opened up. So we started off really well. And then it became, it was just like every single thing I picked up, I thought, oh God, I've got to go and set that up. Oh, I've got to set this up. You know, yeah. like you just yeah. sort of take for granted a little bit of what the office actually 
I actually did. But once we got it all set up and everything running, uh, the independent agency was good. But I also understood that I needed to to build the business that I wanted to build um, and, and not just myself. Um, Jonathan, my husband is, um, so second husband, uh, is my business partner. The, to build the business that we wanted to build, I knew that we had to get more agents on board and having an independent brand, that's actually not an easy thing to do because it, it can often appear to the outside world that, you know, that um, it's all about the, the owners of the business. Yeah, rather than that, rather than allowing them, the agents to be able to step up and shine as individuals. So, so that attracted us then um, to three look at ago, the was it? three Pardon? years ago. Um, you joined Better Homes and Gardens. Yeah, so we were independent for just over four years, and then um, November last year was our two-year anniversary. So it'd be eight. It'd be like yeah, two and a half years. We rebranded to become better homes and gardens so trying to right. find and a way watched you right it was like it is the, it, for you and i'm so proud of watching you and seeing what you've achieved especially you know like have, having worked with you in the past and knowing the chat some of the challenges that you had mm. is that you know sometimes it's just the right fit and that's how yeah. i felt for you and when i watch your success that that you've been having with better homes and gardens your growth um to me, it's just been wonderful watching you. And um, so tell us a, a little bit. So Jonathan is um, your husband mm -hmm. um, of a number of years now. So obviously part of your property management and business life you've done solo as a solo mum, which is um, common in our industry, right? And so you do have to be more scheduled, more organised, all of that sort of thing. So tell us about Jonathan's support role, um, not support role, but his support within you as a business partner and the role that he has within the business. Sure. So I, I, I suppose um, my, my kids are quite grown now and, and since Jonathan's been around, they've actually, they actually work, have worked with us in the business or, or you know, supporting us. So it sort of um, was one of those things. But, yeah, Jonathan... Jonathan's a work very different and and you would know about these profiling things Julie <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he, he's the mechanic and yeah. um, I'm the creator so he still has a good creator a bit of creator in him but mm. Uh, mm. he's a numbers person and and I know the importance of the numbers I just haven't got the patience to sit down and work through them so he's really he's been quite pivotal in our success in setting up um, systems so one of his um, his role models that um, has helped him throughout his life with other businesses so he's only been in real estate eight years so um, prior to that he was in construction and um, but Henry Ford was his person and he's um, so he always has everything in his mind about the conveyor belt and um, and process and how do we get this so that it's easier for everybody and so that's been quite pivotal in the growth of our business and so the first few years have taken a lot of time for us to set all of that up in place you know you make mistakes and you get it right and you tweak it and you're always sort of looking but once we sort of got that that systems in place that's when we really started to see that um, exponential growth because it made it easy because it's a lot easier. Foundations are so critical. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so he's um, that's what he does. But for us, 
So he, he sort of helped us set all the systems up in the business, but at, we're also selling principles. So my role is running the business and listing. That That is the type really there with, with running the staff. Jonathan is, as soon as we get the listings, he just takes over. So he then manages the listing from once we've listed it to when we sell it. So um, he's got to like sit and work with the sellers and um, help them realise the correct price or to, you know, do the negotiation with the buyers. That's That's what his role is for us. You as a business owner, your role, you wear two hats. One is you go and enlist property, right? And I would imagine that you have a very high referral rate. Yes. Like you're very well known in the community. Your marketing is fantastic. Um, from there, you hand over to Jonathan to project manage that all the way through. Yep. And then, then as a business owner, there's those components and team that you look after. Yeah, so then like essentially once we get a contract, we've got like a contracts department. We've really, like I said, we've really systemised everything because we've we've had that goal to make, we had ideas, Jonathan had worked at a couple of um, different um, offices before we were independent also. So we, we picked all of the things that we liked about where we worked and then we also really reviewed all of the things that we didn't like about it. So the things that were important to us, like, for example, I always paid for a PA when I was working for the franchise and I probably begrudged a little bit that I had to pay someone to do so much help. I really felt for the money that I had to pay the franchise out of the mm -hmm. that I expected a bit more work to be done for me and, and it, it wasn't. And so that was one of the things that was really focal for us when we started our independent agencies to provide a better service to the agents and to ourselves, you know. So that was sort of like our, our one of our bigger goals. And, and we're, we're there with that now. We've got like a campaign management department. We've got the contracts department. Like we've got the girls are all set up and they're just, that you know, they're, they're, they're so good at what they do. And then that's like allowed us, I think we, we hit, uh, not quite 100 sales last year. So uh, for that, with also opening a second office and going through COVID, that was like, that was an amazing year. And like you could imagine the work that goes in with that. But it was good because everybody could cope with it, you know, like we, we had that support within in behind. So so for us, was it, it's about making sure that people, when they, like for the agents, when they're working with us, that they can then, um, you know, they've got to just concentrate on listing and selling and we take care of the rest. So that's my part in, in running the business, making sure that the administration support team are, are supporting the agents the way that we would be expecting them. And it's, it's yeah, so that's what I've got to do with regards to. But I, I, I'm, tell us about the business, are you property management and sales or sales only business? No, we do. We have property management. We're at 65 rentals now. So we've just been growing organically over the last 18 months. So um, we've, that's been, we, and again, that's starting to speed up as well. So as, as we get, um, you know, we've got good, a good staff team with, with rentals and that's been a challenge trying to find the right people there, but that's, right. um, yeah. we've got a great team. So, yeah. Um, that's fantastic. So if you had it, um, somebody's watching this and they're contemplating jumping out, going into business themselves, what would your advice be? Um, if they're a salesperson, is yeah. that what you're Yeah. I would really think about it because I would make more money if I was just a salesperson and that's honest, absolute 100% honest, you know, that it, 
because I wouldn't have to worry about everything else and I could just concentrate on the things that I need to do to actually just be listing and selling. Your sales for any business gives you your cash flow and gives you your income. So property management, I mean, I don't know how long it'll take for our property management department to be actually profitable, you know, but it's, of course, as a business owner, it's an asset. So it, you've really right. got to yeah. understand that. But I, I, there was a lot of stuff that I underestimated and I think it depends where you work. Sometimes it might not be that you need to go out on your own. Maybe you're just in the wrong place. Um, I also underestimated the importance of a brand. So going into independent, I, I, I think that I probably, I would definitely not, I would look at doing something different there again. I think that being with the bigger brands is, you don't realise how many, how much people really look for that. I know people deal with people. So as, as, an, as an individual agent, you need to market yourself and you need to speak to people and you need to connect with people. But in the absence of that relationship is how do they even know to give you a call? Like, you know, it's, and, and if it's that one day that someone just comes home and has had enough and said, okay, I'm selling and they haven't been speaking to a real estate agent, how do they choose? How do they choose who to go and list with? You know, if they don't know a real estate agent, they'll go with a brand. So, so I think, um, I think that there's a certain percentage and I think it would have to be at least a third would come from brand recognition. So uh, it's, it's really about understanding what makes different people do different things and, and if, we, and if we look at um, Better Homes and Gardens, it is quite a different brand to your typical real estate brand, isn't it? It is. It took us a while for um, to get people to... We were the first to open, first one open in Queensland. So it took a little while for us to get the general public to connect Better Homes and Gardens actually now sells real estate. So um, that was a bigger challenge. I expected, oh, yeah, everyone will know who Better Homes and Gardens Yeah, and so how did that happen? Tell me about that process of, of actually, like, integrating in the market of people having one idea and then having brand recognition of real estate. Yeah, we we had to up our social media game. We advertised on the radio. There was, like, corporate had a lot to do as well, um, but we also had to do... It, quite local the the hardest thing is there's not a lot of the better homes and gardens offices so it's harder for them to sort of do a national campaign they've also got to do it local as well so you've really got to be focused around you know the the area but um i was quite surprised our market has changed to a lot more top end so that surprised me like that I really thought that Better Homes and Gardens brand would appeal to more your mum and dad sort of people but a lot of we've had a lot of um, top end stuff come to us especially as stuff that people want that you know maybe more discreet sales it's, it's actually really interesting yeah yeah mm. wasn't yeah. quite what I expected but um, good just the same <laughs> So, um, Danelle, question for you. And this is one that I um, will ask. It's very topical at the moment, particularly around mental health in our industry, mm -hmm. of being able to have that ability, sustainability, right, 34 years, right? You're not just like new at this gig. What, you know, and, and I suppose in a bit of a reflection, well, what, what have you done? Because there must have been times when you felt that you've burnt out and times that you've not been able to, to cut you know, to disconnect, what is it that, what, or what advice would you give to people that are in that situation where they're finding it difficult to have that disconnection? Okay, so I have rules and our rules are, um, I don't work at home if I can help it, I work in the office. Um, 
when we get home because it's also nearly impossible when you're married to your business partner to not be talking about it 24-7 because it yeah. just becomes a focal point. So we have a real, once we get home, you have we have a shower every night, whether you want one or not. I know. that. Yeah. Once we've had the shower, that's it. It's banned and you cannot talk about work. So, but for a really long time, I stopped doing work at home. I used to do work at home, as I said, when my kids were really little, I used to do it after hours. And then I found that I it just I couldn't separate my spaces properly. You really need to have it's I suppose it's making you've got to have a state. You know, you know how if you're dressed for work, you're in your work state. And if you're not dressed for work, your mental state's quite different. So I've just have it now where pretty much I step over into that doorway at home and I've been able to train myself to switch off. And that's because home's home and work's work. And I know some people work for, have home offices and things like that. And I think if I had a home office, I would have a door that I could close. I would have, I would get dressed for work. I would have my start time. I'd have my finish time and I would change clothes. Do you know what I mean? I think you've got to have those triggers that's, that make you change. And, and it it's yeah. you've got to make a conscious decision around it and you've got to really be strict about it and, Turn, if you have to turn your phone off, uh, it's hard. I don't turn my phone off because it's my alarm clock. It's my kids ring me for, you know, like if I turn my phone off, how are they going to do it? But I do have it on, a, I do get a sleep mode setting sort of at certain hours, you know, so that it does, I don't get all the alerts ringing. And all you can time. do different ring times as well, like for your kids or, yeah. or whatever um, as to let them know. Um that's really great because I watch you and I see some beautiful photos. You and Jonathan get away camping. You've got yeah. a beautiful Mustang. Um, so it's actually really great seeing you, watching you really um, enjoy um, your role, um, yeah. which is good. Okay, so I'm gonna, two questions and I'm going to finish with the final one. Is the first question in... Um, what is your, has been your biggest lesson in reflection in terms of probably the thing that, that you've got one of your biggest learnings from in your real estate? Could be through a mistake or something that you did that was a disaster at the time, but was your biggest lesson? I think I think the biggest I think the biggest lesson, I think at, right at the start, if I'd realized because I'm spanning a much bigger time frame than most people. When we first started, email even hardly was a thing, to be honest. I know, right? So we're, we're yeah, having that um, tech, going through technology is is um, interesting, but it's data. It's how do we how do we get data? Because when I first started, we had council data. All the phone numbers were on RP data. It was on Price Finder. There was no no do not call lists. There was none of that. So we had access to data like it was a waterfall I didn't realize how important it was and and um and but I I've always had a data model for probably the last 10 years and it's it is really important if you're just starting out to get your data and um and it will slingshot you past if you spend that bit of time at the start of your career setting up foundations just like what we were talking about before get that foundational work done and you'll slingshot past people that are real even really experienced if they don't have it so so for me um that would probably be the lessons that i've learned around that is is just valuing it so much more and um respecting that you know that 
that data and, and the people and, you know, that you're talking to and having consistent contact with the people. So yeah. they're probably yeah. my biggest lessons I think I've learned over the time. Yeah. And what's brought you most joy in your career? Uh, just helping people you know and even when it's like I, I probably had my most challenging sale recently that was emotionally draining they were really good clients I think I'd, we'd come back for the fourth or fifth transaction that we'd done with them and but this was they were separating and it was to sell their house and that was actually I I just loved both people and I couldn't believe when I heard that that, that, that was happening mm -hmm. to them and to sell but I think that the the joy is um, just trying to help people get through um, you know, the, that satisfaction, but get them through, like, buy their first home, whether it's to sell to get better. I mean, because people really only sell homes to improve their position, but the improvement of position is not always a good reason. It could be, you know, like, you know, whether they're, if they're upsizing or downsizing is a lot different to if there's someone's passed away or if they're divorcing yeah. or they've got trouble yeah. with debt or whatever, but it's still to help them get improve their life. And just to have that feeling at the end that they're so grateful and relieved that they can move on to the next stage. And I think I, I really love it when we get somebody feeling like that, that, they, that they're grateful that you've been able to help them. Yeah, that's good. And so let's finish off with, um, for those people who don't know you that well, what, what might be the thing that might surprise some people about you? I had to sit and think on that because I'm pretty much an open book, but I think most people don't know what I did before real estate and um, before real estate I actually used to be a customs officer down in Victoria so um, and that's that was an interesting career so I bet it was I yeah. bet it was yeah but um yeah. around it ended up that I couldn't continue to do that and and probably if if the world rolled out different that's still where I'd be I really enjoyed that job as well so mm -hmm. well, we're very glad that we have you in our industry and you know you're inspiring to watch and I just feel in my heart you're in such a happy place now yes and um I can really sense that and feel it so it's been an absolute pleasure um can I just recap on on the, probably our key takeaways um from today is um set really good foundations yes your business okay value you know technology and data create um create those boundaries um, in terms of um, for yourself to be able to de-stress. That, that's, you know, the shower thing is great because that's what I tell my clients is you just go have a shower, I'll put your trackie on and you feel like a different person. Um, and also is that um, learning importance of brand support. Yep. Yes. And, um, yeah, your longevity in the, in is, is really having that sustainability, but in the early days, planning, right, have that schedule for your kids. And I know when I was um, selling real estate, my kids were like, you know, six and eight or something, and it actually really scared me that I become so one-dimensional and it's like you're not like you've got to be present where, wherever you are. Be that, that's hard that that's actually a really that that's something that you have to um learn to not be work on that yeah you work it's the biggest thing and um i don't know whether um we've got the rise conference coming up in melbourne you know two weeks time and the initiative of the rise is a conference is really about awareness within our industry 
of the amount of stress that people can get um, go under. And of course, the Real Care app um, is such a great thing just to download onto your phone. If you want a meditation budget, we've got some amazing people within our industry that are. That we really have. We have. I think the only other thing I'd probably just add briefly in there, Julie, would be the only other thing that I would I would say has been pivotal in uh, us moving forward is, along with the setting the foundations and being and and systems and whatnot, is actually having making time to review. So when you know at the end of a week or the end of a month or the end of a quarter, um, is just having a look at what's worked really well and what hasn't. Because it's not about making lots of big changes. It's it's about those little one percent incremental changes that actually, um, the little tweaks that can just help you, you know, have light bulb moments and it can just make the difference. So so yeah, review as well. <laughs> Given us some really great advice and we really value that you have been a guest on uh, Women in Real Estate Success Series, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you and the team very soon. Yes, thank you, Julie. We are too. Each day I live, I want to be a day to give the best of me. I'm only one, but not alone. My finest day is yet unknown. I broke my heart for every game to taste the sweet. I face the pain. I rise and fall. Yet through it all, this much remains. I want one moment in time when I'm more than I thought I could be. When all. When I'm wrong.